Hey, Ada. What up? What do you call a cow with two legs? A two-legged cow. Lean beef. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Poor cow. <laughs> hey, Evelyn. What? How do farmers party? Not by stabbing each other with pitchforks, that's for sure. <laughs> that was very dark. It was based <laughs> off of a child's TV show where the where the that kids went so to good. a farm and then they danced and just about stabbed each other with pitchforks. Because they're I stupid. Don't recall that. There's Lego friends. Oh, well, that. Oh, okay, now that you say that, I remember hearing outcries of, That's sorry! If we did that, Daddy would kill our pitchforks away! <laughs> How do farmers party? They turn up the beat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why do you never like my jokes? Because you're not a dad? Who said dads get all the bad jokes? Dads. Yeah. No. Nope, nope, nope. Hey, Ada. How does you're it... asking Kaylin. You Wait, did I ask you one already? Yes. Mm -hmm. You gotta keep the order straight, mother. Hey, Kaylin! What? What did the farmer use to count his cows? A cow counter? A calculator! Oh, oh. I thought so! <laughs> hey, Ada. Or what? Evelyn. What? Hey, Evelyn. What do you call a magical cow? A fairy god loser? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, too. Moudini. <laughs> <laughs> Because you think they're funny. That's why. That's. So if somebody other than you, me, told you the jokes, you would think they were hilarious? If Riley told oh, us Oh, yeah. The jokes. When they were read at youth retreats, the bad jokes, I always laughed at them. Because guys were reading them. One day, I'm going to invite Daddy to just read the farmer jokes in the podcast just so Good you guys idea. will laugh. Because they're funny. We laugh because we're terrified of what he'll do if we don't laugh. <laughs> no. That's ridiculous. All right. Chapter 9. Marion tossed the box into the trash bin and paused as she saw a dark SUV pull down the drive to Jackson Hall. Her heart raced as she recognized the make and model. She reached out and grasped Lizzie's hand. Stay with me, baby, Marion ordered. Who is that, Mama? Lizzie questioned. Marion didn't answer, her heart racing as men stepped out of the SUV. They spotted her and walked her way. Her jaw clenched as she recognized the gray-haired man. Marion, it's been too long, he proclaimed. I heard you got back from Israel and are back at Oni. And I heard you became the director of NCIS, Marion answered, willing a smile to her face and her hand to stretch out and take his. It was soft and slightly sticky just as it had been when he had taken her hand and told her that Miles had been killed. Like a chameleon, she thought. <laughs> Congratulations, Bryce. An undeserved promotion. He paused. I only wish I could go back and prevent Miles' death. Miles was my daddy, Liz pronounced, Lizzie pronounced. Did you know him? 
Bryce smiled. I certainly did. I had the pleasure of working with him. He was a good man. What can I help you with, Bryce? Marion interjected before Lizzie could ask any more questions. I need to ask Lieutenant Colonel Jackson a few questions about his date to the wedding. Bryce held up his hand. No one is accusing Jackson of anything. Secnav wants to make sure Nina was acting alone and that the Speaker of the House isn't under threat. Did you bring along Elliot's JAG lawyer? Marion asked. Informal questions. No need for a lawyer, Bryce answered. You know how it looks to brass if someone asks for a lawyer. Intelligent, Marion answered tersely. <coughs> Bryce frowned. Where is Lieutenant Colonel Jackson? Right here, Elliot called out as he walked over. A dusty carpet rolled up on his shoulder. He tossed it into the dumpster and brushed the dust off of his clothing. I heard you wanted to talk to me. I called my lawyer, and he's agreed to meet us at your offices. I was just about to leave. This isn't a formal interview, Bryce offered. Just a few questions. No need for a lawyer. No one is accusing you of anything. Why spend two hours driving when we could take 15 minutes now? Elliot smiled, but his eyes were hard. Why did you spend two hours driving here instead of calling and having a 15-minute conversation with me? I'll meet you in an hour. Bryce grumbled for a minute, but eventually gathered his crew and drove away. How did you know? Marion asked as they walked back towards the house. Your new CO called me, Elliot answered. Rear Admiral Gresham? Marion asked. Elliot nodded. He was in charge of DevGrew for a few years when I was there. He's a good officer. He always had our backs. How did he know NCIS was coming to ask you questions? He's friends with the Secretary of the Navy. The Secretary thought I was still under Gresham's command and gave him a heads up. Marion grabbed Elliot's arm. Elliot. Her words were in Berber, their grandmother's mother tongue, and a language Lizzie didn't know. Bryce told me Secnav was ordering the investigation. Elliot's eyebrows rose. That's not the impression Gresham gave me. Elliot. If Secnav didn't give the order, who did? I guess I'll find out. That's our break. Mm -hmm. Anybody have questions? Yeah, that's new. It is new. I remember hearing something like that a something, while ago. Something, but... Not that. Not that. What's the language you're speaking in? Berber. Berber. What? That's an actual name of a Yes. Algeria. Mm. Morocco. Uh, Maracas. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. Okay, so, next chapter. I thought I can't remember what it was. Okay, well, you'll remember it as I'm reading, so you can interrupt the whole thing. <laughs> Elliot offered Marion the pint of ice cream, but she turned it down. I have fit reps coming up next week, and I'm overweight, Marion said with a grimace. It's family dinners, isn't it? Their food is so good that even when I know I shouldn't, I take seconds anyway. I forgot how much I missed home-cooked meals, Marion admitted. I always put on weight when I come home, Elliot agreed. We could start running together. Marion sighed. I know I should, but I just don't know when. I'd have to wake up at four every morning, and I don't want to do it. Run when you get home. I keep thinking I'm going to. But then Lizzie wants to tell me about her day, and I have supper to make, and then it's bedtime. Hope offered to swim with me after work, but I just haven't gotten my act together yet. Do short laps, and take Lizzie with you for a few. 
When she gets tired, she can come in and hang out in the house while you finish up, Elliot offered. Remember when our dads used to do that with us? We used to love going through the obstacle course with them. Marion cocked her head. That could work. Elliot shoved a spoonful of ice cream into his mouth. It's not easy being a genius, but you're welcome. Marion snorted but smiled. Now that Lizzie is in bed, how did it go with NCIS? It was interesting. I almost got the impression that they might share my suspicion that Ava wasn't Nina. What gave you that impression? They had a profiler in the room taking copious amounts of notes. The only reason I knew who he was was because Miles complained about him. Marion grinned. You mean Ralston? Yep. Miles never spoke highly of him. He said he got the job because of who he knew, not what he knew. Marion nodded. I remember. They also kept asking me if she touched anything in my truck when I drove her to the wedding. You said she never took her gloves off. She didn't, but they didn't like my answer, Elliot admitted. It wouldn't surprise me if they got a warrant to fingerprint my truck. It's a good thing they never asked me if she came to the forge. They'd take all my tools and I'd never get them back. <laughs> Marion laughed. You didn't tell them she went to the forge with you? They asked if she'd ever come into Jackson Hall. I told them she hadn't and that I had picked her up at her trailer to take her to the wedding. They didn't ask me any other questions. Marion shook her head. If they find out, they'll think you were hiding something. Elliot shrugged. My lawyer said to answer their questions, not give out any other information. I was following his advice. <laughs> what you got figured out, Ari? Rick called out as he, Irina, and Jed came into the kitchen. Marion pointed at Elliot and he and he turned and grabbed the file next to him. Well, the good news is that I finally have the information I need to even attempt a profile. How'd you do that? Rick questioned. Marion grinned. I asked Elliot's lawyer for NCIS's file on Nina Gomez. He was more than happy to oblige. But, Marion complained, the file doesn't have her official psychological interview, and I have no information about her time as a human trafficking victim. Do you think she could have gotten into the wedding, wedding without help? Jed questioned. I don't have enough information or the expertise to say anything with certainty, Marion answered. Come on, Ari, Rick cajoled. We don't expect perfection. Just tell us what your gut is telling you. Marion leaned back in her chair. Let me walk you through what Nina had to do to get into the wedding. She got a job as, the, in the, as a janitor in the building where the wedding planner's offices were so she could steal the trash to get the guest list. Then she got a fake ID and got a job at Velvet Chains. Nina Gomez had no experience working in a bar. She doesn't even drink. She did have hours of YouTube videos explaining how to mix drinks in her browsing history. But when I asked Luke what drinks she mixed, most of them were never featured in the YouTube videos. Nor am I certain that a woman with DID could accomplish such an intricate operation. Think about it. All that needed for this to, ha to happen for this to fail was for Ava to revert to Nina or any of her other personalities at any point during the mission. You have a good point, Jed admitted. She started the mission out as Nina, then halfway through she switched to Ava, yet didn't lose the memories of what she was working on as Nina. Is that possible for a person with DID to do? Rick looked over at Irina. What do you think? No, wrong. Bad. 
I'm no expert on DID, Irina qualified, but I'd agree with Ari. There have been a few people with DID who have managed to fool people about their personalities for years, but it's not the norm. They also tend to crack and go through a mental breakdown when they're under a lot of stress. Ava never cracked, and she went through a lot of stress to get into that wedding. Elliot grinned. Ava isn't Nina. Irina held up a finger. I'm not done. I did learn that Gomez was diagnosed with DID by Dr. Durant. His latest study was funded by one of Morgan Industries' daughter companies, and we know that Morgan and Adams are tight. Morgan donates millions to Adams' re-election campaigns, and Adams convinces Congress to award government contracts to Morgan Industries. Rick rested his elbows on the table. You're wondering if she was diagnosed with DID to destroy her credibility. It's possible, Irina admitted. Jed rubbed his chin. We're back to the same question. Did Nina infiltrate the wedding, or did someone steal her identity and frame her? Not frame, Elliot stated firmly. Roger wouldn't have helped if they were framing Nina. They could have blackmailed him into helping, Rick pondered. Marion groaned. This is like trying to take individual noodles from a bowl of spaghetti to find the meatball, but you can only use toothpicks. Rick chuckled. That is quite an analogy. Marion smiled. This case makes my brain feel like a tangled up bundle of yarn. My gut tells me a woman who struggles with anxiety and attempts suicide couldn't handle the stress of a mission this scale, even if she doesn't have DID. But Nina claimed she didn't overdose on purpose. She swears someone switched her pills to a larger milligram dosage, so she took the wrong amount. Is that possible? Rick questioned. Marion sighed. There is no evidence to substantiate her claims. The pills in the bottle were the milligrams listed on the bottle, but Nina swears she didn't overdose. She says Keystone was trying to get rid of her and broke into her apartment, switched her pills, then put them back after she was unconscious. But there isn't any solid evidence, so it sounds like a conspiracy theory. Would Keystone go through all that trouble to silence her? It would have been easier to find the men who had done it and string them up. It also would have made the press love them, Jed pointed out. Either Nina was lying, or Keystone is afraid she knows something bigger than the assault charges. So sorry. Evelyn has to blow her nose. Okay. All better, Evelyn? No, I'm hungry. <laughs> okay. Either Nina was lying, or Keystone is afraid she knows something bigger than the assault charges. What could be bigger than the allegations she made? Irina questioned. Selling weapons or information to terrorists? Marion offered. Bringing drugs into the country? Elliot added. Executives of Keystone participating in human trafficking? Jed answered. Rick leaned back in his chair and exhaled, which brings us right back to the bowl of spaghetti and toothpicks. Exactly, Marion agreed. I pull one string and find three more options, all of which are equally plausible. If we could compare fingerprints or DNA from Ava to Nina, we could rule out the possibility that a switch was made, but we can't. In my book, that gives weight to the argument they are two different women, Elliot offered. I don't believe Ava was Nina. I think they switched at the wedding or in the ambulance, maybe even at Ridgeway but I don't think Ava is at Ridgeway. 
How much of that is your wishful thinking? Marion asked bluntly. Elliot took another bite of ice cream. 60-40. Which way? Jed questioned. I'm 60% sure Nina is a different person than Ava. Fair enough, Rick answered. And he looked at Marion. So how do we grab noodles from the bowl of spaghetti to get to the meatballs? Marion exhaled. Process of elimination. We've got to start proving some of these theories are either right or wrong. I'm just at a loss to figure out how to do it. She gathered the papers. I think I'm done for the night. Maybe some sleep will help. The door opened and Hope came in. That's where the ice cream went, she proclaimed. Why aren't you in bed? Irina challenged. It's a school night. Hope grabbed a spoon and dug it into Elliot's ice cream. Who said I was Sharon? Elliot complained, jerking the carton away. You'll give it all to me after I tell you what I figured out tonight, Hope answered, her eyes twinkling. You might even buy me more ice cream and help me with math homework for a month. Elliot's eyebrows rose. What did you figure out? I was watching Lizzie this afternoon, and she ate a PB&J sandwich for a snack. When I went to bed, I realized that I had jam fingerprints on the back of my shirt from when she hugged me. It got me thinking. She looked over at Elliot. You said Ava was lying on a piece of cardboard and bled all over it. Elliot nodded. She took the cardboard with her, which goes back to my point. Why didn't she just throw it in the dumpster at the gas station? Her trailer had a stove in it, and her campfire only had the remnants of cardboard ashes in it. Why take the cardboard home if you don't really need to? Another spaghetti noodle, Marion muttered. <laughs> Hope took another bite of ice cream. You laid on the bloody cardboard. I know cardboard is absorbent, but could some of her blood have soaked into the back of your shirt? Elliot set his spoon down. That's possible. Did you wash your shirt? Jed questioned. He didn't, Hope reported. I went to his room to ask him and looked through his dirty clothes basket. She handed the shirt to Elliot. It was neatly folded and tucked into a gallon Ziploc bag. You went through my dirty clothes basket? <laughs> Elliot questioned. I'm not sure I'm impressed with your dedication or a little creeped out. Says the man who hid in the bushes at a psych hospital. Hope shot back. Marion laughed. I checked it with a flashlight and saw some spots. I'm not sure if they're blood, though, Hope admitted. Hope Jackson, I owe you ice cream and math homework for two months, Elliot proclaimed, handing her the carton. Hope grinned. Do you think they could get a DNA profile from those little stains? I think so, Rick answered. We should send the whole shirt in. Hang on, I have to fix something. I did not have a comma where I I have one. an important question. What is your important question? Does he ever get his shirt back or do they just destroy it? <laughs> I think they probably just destroy it. Poor guy, his shirt. I know, I have to get a new shirt. It was a cool shirt too. Oh. I don't remember what it said. I think it was the uh, it was the Navy Seals shirt. shirt. Oh, that's sad. Remember, it was his stalker deterrent shirt. Oh, <coughs> that's sad. Just gonna have to get another one. He'll have to get another one. I think so. Rick answered. We should send the whole shirt in. To where? Marion complained. NCIS will read in Adams. Adams will in turn tell Morgan. Rick nodded, and for a moment his eyes lost fo focus while he thought. Then he grinned. We send it to an independent lab. Give me the shirt and I'll take care of it. 
What can I do to help sort through the spaghetti? Jed asked. I need to know everything all of you remember Ava talking about, Marion answered. Elliot blinked. Everything? Everything. If Nina and Ava are different people, your conversations with Ava could help me find her. Elliot nodded. I'll get on it. Marion looked at Hope. That goes for you also. Hope handed her a notebook. I figured as much. This is what I noticed. Marion flipped open the notebook and scanned Hope's notes. When did you do this? When they were working down at the forge? I wanted to see how you could watch footage of someone and figure out things about them. I figured I'd tr try it out on Ava, Hope answered. Marion flipped to another page. This is great, Hope grinned. Just call me Sherlock. Jed shook his head. Go to bed, Sherlock. Come on, Dad. I want to help Harry figure it out. Tomorrow, Marion promised, closing the notebook. I'm headed to bed. I've got to get this place sorted out and get some rest so I can go back to work and catch terrorists. Rick leaned over and kissed Aries Temple. That's my girl. Okay. Any questions? Because we're at a break. Hmm. No. Okay. So this would be chapter 10. Can't fold my nose, though. <sighs> Do you want me to pause it? Yes! Okay. In case anybody that can loudly proclaim it, Ada. All right. No. Let's, for the sake of our poor readers, listeners, Evelyn has a cold, so about every 10 minutes we have to pause <laughs> so she can blow her nose privately. <laughs> and then I didn't back. want to discuss the listeners. I'm sure they appreciate that. Okay, chapter 10. Marion pulled herself up onto the edge of the pool and watched as Elliot tore through the water. Once upon a time, she had been able to do as many laps as him, even if it had taken her twice as long. But that had ended when he'd gone through buds. She took a breath and hated the fact that her heart was racing. She'd scoffed at the thought that becoming a mother would make her out of shape, but it had. The time she had spent exercising was now spent with Lizzie. Tonight, she'd forced herself to let her mom put Lizzie to bed while she came and attempted to keep up with Elliot. She wasn't sure what hurt more, her pride or the rest of her body. Elliot finally came to a stop, a grimace on his face. I shouldn't have done that last lap. He pulled himself up onto the edge of the pool and gently kneaded the muscles on his shoulder. I can't figure it out, Ari. What information could she have gotten at the wedding? Was the mission a bust, or did she accomplish what she came to accomplish what she came to do? I might have an answer for that. Elliot and Marion turned to see their grandpa standing at the edge of the pool. Come into the kitchen. I have an experiment to try. Everett Brown sat at the table. Hope, open up the fridge and find something you wouldn't want to drink. Hope set a bottle of lemon juice on the table. Everett set up the caps and looked over at Jada. Farah, your hands are younger than mine. Farah took the caps, Hope showed Hope the penny under the cap, and began spinning them in circles. Hope? Hope didn't move her eyes. Yes, Jada? Why do you dislike school so much? They don't seem interested in making new friends, especially not the senior class. Is that why when you came is that why you came home in your swim shorts? with a bag full of soaking wet clothes. Rachel moved her eyes from the caps and looked at Hope. Hope, are you being bullied? It's nothing I can't handle, Hope answered. Just kids picking on the new girl. Hope, what did they do to your clothes? Jed ordered. 
They stuffed my clothes into the toilet when I was at swimming practice. It's not a big deal. Rachel's jaw clenched. It is. I'll call the school. Mom, if you do, it'll only get worse. It's a school filled with blue bloods who get whatever they want. If I make a fuss, the school administrators won't do anything because the students who cause the problems are wealthy. The parents give money to the school, and in turn, their kids get a pass, Elliot gritted out. Something along those lines, Hope agreed. So why do they take a disliking to you, Rachel asked. Hope pursed her lips. Hope, her Rachel said. Her tone commanded Hope to answer. The quarterback asked me out. I told him no. Apparently, no one has ever told him no before, Hope burst out. Then she sighed. All right, Jada, you can stop. I don't know where the penny is anymore. Jada reached out and patted Hope's cheek. You did right to say no. A man who cannot accept no is not good. Hope nodded and pointed to the center cup. It was in that one, but now I have no idea. She pointed to the one on the left. Farrah lifted the cap, but no penny. Drink up, Everett ordered, his dark eyes dancing. Hope tossed back the lemon juice, and everyone laughed as her facial muscles contorted. Now, my turn, Jetta offered as Hope's, after Hope's face had cleared. She lifted the cap on the center and revealed the penny. What? Hope exclaimed. Jetta chuckled. Drink up. What is missing from this table? Everett quested. questioned. Missing? Irina asked. Everett nodded. Something should be here, but is not. Hold on a second. Everett nodded. Something should be here, but is not. The shot glass is missing, Hope asked. Everett looked, Everett looked over at her. What was that? The first shot glass with the lemon juice is missing, Hope said louder. She pointed at the table. There should be two used shot glasses but there's only one. Everett grinned. It's not every man who can have the smartest grandchildren in the world, but I do. Hope beamed, and Farah produced the missing shot glass. It wasn't until my hearing aid batteries died that I began to pay attention to everything, Everett admitted. He tapped Hope's first shot glass. When everyone was looking at the men drinking the second shot of hot sauce, Ava took the first shot glass. For all the men? Marion questioned. My eyes are old. I could only see her take Adam's glass. It's possible she took all of them. Marion leaned back in the office chair, the screen showing a, a paused scene of a slim black hand sliding a shot glass off the counter. Ava took all of the shot glasses, Morgan's, Adam's, and Uncle Jed's. Why? Irina questioned. Fingerprints? Jed guessed. It seems like a lot of work to collect their fingerprints, Elliot offered. She could have shadowed them and gotten their fingerprints. She could have, but all of those men live and work in places with top-notch security. They would have caught a fraudulent ID, and the likelihood that she would have been spotted is pretty high, Rick answered. DNA, Marion offered. Everyone turned to look at her. All of those shot glasses had fingerprints on them and DNA, Marion pointed out. But none of those men were in Iraq when Nina made her accusations. Maybe that's the point, Elliot offered slowly. 
What if the accusations against Keystone caused Ava to start investigating Morgans and Adams? What if she has DNA evidence that would convict them of a different crime? She also took Jed's DNA, Rick reminded. Maybe she doesn't know which one of them was involved, so she got as many DNA samples as she could to test to see if something matched. That could explain why she was at the Velvet Chains. It's a hangout for Keystone operatives, Jed said. A phone rang, and Rick pulled a burner phone out of his pocket. You have the results back already? I appreciate the rush. Thank you. He ended the call and moved over to the computer, rapidly punching keys. They found blood on your shirt, Elliot. Enough blood to get a type and a DNA profiler. He stepped away from the computer. You open the results. Elliot moved to the chair and his lips turned up. You sent it to the Simon Wiesenthal Center? If Ava was a Nazi, she's aged well. Rick chuckled. Elliot clicked on the file. What was Nina's blood type? B positive, Marion answered, reading from the NCIS report. And if Nina is telling the truth about her mother, she should have his stepanic in her maternal DNA. Wait, wait, B positive, what's Elliot's? No, wait, never mind. Yes, yeah. good job, Cameron. <sighs> yes, Irina answered. Her father is unknown, but Nina's maternal DNA should include markers from Spain. Elliot read the results three times without speaking. Elliot, Marion complained. Come on, tell us already. Is Ava Nina or is she someone else? Blood type is O negative. Maternal DNA, Persian, Armenian, and Roma. He turned the screen to show them. Not the same woman. He ran his fingers through his hair. Not the same woman. He looked up as he felt a hand on his shoulder. Marion smiled at him and he nodded. Roma? Irina questioned. Gypsy, Rick answered. He rested his elbows on the table. Not the same woman. He looked up at Elliot. You were right. Good instincts. Elliot exhaled. That would make me feel great if I knew who she is and what she was trying to accomplish. He rubbed his temples with his fingertips. Something has been nagging at the back of my mind since this all started. It was just a split second, so it was easy to miss. But I played the scene over and over, and I can't help but think it's important. Elliot pulled up a clip from the wedding and turned the screen so the rest of them could see. What do you see? Terror, Marion answered. Absolute terror. She looked over at Elliot. This is why she fumbled the caps with Uncle Jed. She was afraid. Elliot nodded. Even when it happened, I knew she was lying. She wasn't intimidated by Dad. Something happened that scared her. But what was it? A person? At least 20 people were watching the game, Jed complained. I don't know, Elliot admitted. After that, she never left my side, except when she went to get her coat, which was just in time to be picked up by Roger, Jed answered. Do you have to blow your nose again? I have a question that can't be asked for the listeners. Oh, a secret question. Okay. Okay. Nose blowing and question answered. You sure love to embarrass your children. I do. Oh. I call it character. I will building. make sure that when I have kids one day, they will embarrass you. How are you going to do that? Um, have you not seen I'll have a... them say something in stores that just embarrasses you. 
just to embarrass me? Yep. Like what? I Who don't know. That's my grandma. She's old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, no, yes, like, yes, stop I am. Beating me, stop beating me. That's not funny. My grandma's starving me. <laughs> oh no! I'm gonna teach my grandchildren. my children uh, to lose you in the store and then run around going grandma grandma (laughs) following you grandma don't leave us grandma yeah just like what daddy did to his mom when he was 20 (laughs) poor grandma I'm surprised she didn't leave him her two grown sons chasing her yelling mom (laughs) Okay. <coughs> After that, she never left my side, except when she went to get her coat, which was just in time to be picked up by Roger. Jed answered, they had to have a signal. Did she use a phone at all? Make eye contact with someone at the party? Elliot shook his head. Nothing I noticed. I can't decide if I'm impressed that she could deceive me or if I'm mad that I could be deceived. She fooled both of us. Jed answered, which tells us she's had very good training, Rick answered. She le- he leaned back in his chair. How do we find her? Everyone looked at Marion. Marion rubbed her tired eyes. We go back to the beginning. Roger Gomez and Nina willingly helped our mystery woman. They know and trust her. We researched them to find Ava. You make that sound simple, but if it was, you'd have found it already, Elliot pointed out. Marion lifted her palms. Profiling takes time. Jed nodded. I think we could all use a good night's rest. We'll go back to the beginning in the morning. Suddenly, Marion's eyes narrowed and she cocked her head. I see that look, Airy, Rick stated. You thought of something. If we stop thinking about Ava as a civilian and think of her as a spy, why would she steal an identity and disguise herself to get into that wedding? Marion offered. A clean exit. Jed said, and it worked. They're investigating to see if Nina had help, but not to see if Nina didn't do it. For now, Elliot cautioned, the only reason NCIS would want Ava's fingerprints is to see if she was Nina. Someone has the same suspicions I did. I wish we knew who, Marion complained. If we knew who was looking for her, we might find out why they are looking for her. What I can't figure out is why she called for an evac. Elliot admitted. Why not just walk out of the reception with me? Why did she have Roger call security and blow her cover? Marion reached for the report. I'm not sure he did. One of the security guards for the wedding said he'd been ordered to keep eyes on Ava at 7.30. Roger showed up at the hotel lobby at 7.33 and asked to speak to security. That's not much of a time difference. The security guard may have just rounded down, Jed offered. Or maybe someone at that wedding recognized her and asked security to watch her. She found out and called for an evac. It wasn't the shot glasses, Elliot said. That happened at 6.30. I need to change that. Did anything else odd happen? Marion pressed. Shortly before we left, a security guard shined a light in our faces. That made Ava nervous. I don't know what time that was, but it couldn't have been more than five minutes before I saw her in the ambulance. The ambulance left the wedding at 7.37, Rick answered. That means Roger was standing by, waiting for a signal to move in. 
And Ava and Nina switched in Ridgewood, Elliot answered, after they made the record of her talking about me, but before we went to spy on her. Marion nodded. That's my guess. I think we should see if Keystone or any of the men took, or any of the men Ava took DNA from, have been searching for a woman who would fit Ava's description. She shook her head. What I don't know is how to research it without tipping off anyone that Ava wasn't Nina. You still have work as a liaison with the Mossad, Rick reminded. Marion nodded. Log into their system and search. You'll be covered by their firewalls and once, and they are one of the leading tech capitals in the world. Marion leaned over and kissed Rick's cheek. Daddy, I will never be as smart as you. Rick chuckled. Just you remember that. Okay. That's where we're going to stop for now. Okay. Are we ready for your favorite part of all? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys made it through Valentine's without hearing any bad Christian pickup lines. Yep. I kind of find normal. that. I kind of find that sad. I know. We didn't even get little brother to say any. You hey told girl. daddy one, though. I did. Yeah, and then he kissed you. It was disgusting. <laughs> Ugh. We almost died. Yeah. I thankfully missed that part. You did. You were lucky. Hey, girl. The atonement may be limited, but your beauty isn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <clears throat> I hope you believe in the perseverance of the saints. Because my heart is forever yours. Haley <laughs> <laughs> <Aaron> says, <coughs> no. You can't say his heart is forever yours. That might not be true. Oh, these Shut are not up, correct Kaylin. at all. <laughs> They're pickup lines. Hey, girl. When God made you, he was showing off. <laughs> Just like Jesus calms the storm. Your presence calms my heart. <laughs> I so wish you could just like see the expressions. <laughs> okay, this might this is a really fun one. Hey girl, don't walk away. You might not think I'm perfect, but Jesus thinks I'm to die for. <laughs> oh. Wow. That's like an emergency pickup when all the other ones have failed. Hey, girl, I believe one of my ribs belongs to you. <laughs> A 12-year-old boy kind of said that to me once. Oh, yeah? Yes. That's funny. Hey, girl, are you related to Adam's nephew? Because I like you a lot. Oh. No, Abraham. What did I say? Adam. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed Excuse you up. Adam had a nephew. Hey, girl, are you related to Abraham's nephew? Because I like you a lot. Oh, goodness. Okay, how about an anti-pickup line? Ooh, that sounds good. Not that we'll ever use it. I feel called to the ministry soon. Very soon. And very far from you as possible. <laughs> I do love you, but it's just agape love. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. <laughs> okay. All done. Bye. Bye. Go Just away bye. now. Go away now. <laughs> we'll see you next week for more stories.